0: this is peter
1: and this is tom
0: and you're listening to history teachers talking podcasts all right this is peter zblacki and thomas reska and welcome back to our podcast tommy this is a depressing one but i think quite interesting
1: well, it's definitely one that um, the story has been told over the years, obviously, but it's one that we haven't con- we haven't talked about yet. Um, we've been talking about talking about it for a while. I know it's one of the ones you really wanted to talk about, a story that definitely has lasting effects. It's one of those tragedies, but I guess you could argue that some good did come from this tr- these tragedies and actually the people involved in it, these women knew that. They we're not going to get better right we're talking about the radium yeah. girls in case people haven't already picked it up or obviously you see that as soon as you look at the tag on the podcast that's going to say right like, it's just right there we've gone through this pete you tend to forget that it happens it happens at your age it's but, late um, it's my age <laughs> <yeah>.
2: <laughs> it's also
1: really important um because they kind of knew what was happening to them and they realized you know we have to make sure it protects people in the future you know other people working in you know in this case the factory but It has long-lasting effects because it winds up creating, like we talked about before, OSHA, which is um, extremely important for safe workplace environments, not just in factories, but anywhere.
0: Yep. Yeah, the uh, the effects of this, or rather the outcomes of the topic we're going to talk about today, Radium Girls, are still felt to this day. And also there is some New Jersey connection here as well because of the fact Mm -hmm. that uh, the first real case against Radium really happened here, right here in New Jersey. So uh, essentially... U.S. Orange, yep. So just like a quick premise, and then we'll break it down you know, into more specifics as well as kind of go over what radium is and how it was treated at the time. However, basically, about 100 years ago, glow-in-the-dark watches became like a novelty. They became extremely popular specifically for military purposes. I'm sure you guys have had them, or even some of you might have glow-in-the-dark watches. But essentially, the dials are covered in a special luminous paint. And the way it works, as we probably already know, this luminous paint basically shines most of the time, especially if you charge it in the sunlight, it like really, really shines. It looks like it magic. In, right? Yeah. Well,
1: it was considered like magic, this magic element. Those of you born like the 80s, you might remember all those like, I guess they still make them now, those like glow-in-the-dark toys or the glow-in-the-dark t-shirts. Yep. It's different. It's different. It's not the same. It's not the same. Um, Levels. <laughs> by level. It's not using in the radium paint. It's, used, it's a different isotope now. They haven't used this type since the '70s, which is like really crazy. Well, we'll get to that. Yeah, um,
0: even the fact that it went that long. Not that long, uh,
1: yeah. But they used different. They had some safety precautions put in place. But um, yeah, so I mean, it was the same thing. I remember my son has a couple of those toys. You know, you hold it up to the light, and you shut the lights off, and it like, glows. And I used to love those yeah. things. It's the same basic principle. It's the isotopes, right? It's charging with the photons, and it's going to emit what people would do. They'd have their watch on during the day, and then it would glow at night. And it was mostly used for the military because remember yeah. World War One is going on
0: at this time. Yep, absolutely, trench warfare and whatnot. But yeah, I remember when no I was no younger time. too. Like I had, um, I had this like religious figure that um, my one grandma got it for me, and my other grandma who was also very religious, you know, was like, "You can't, you, you can't have this figure. Just use this figure. Put this one by your bed," because the one that my other grandma gave me was like one of those glow in the dark ones, and I never really got it when I was little. But my, my other, I thought just my one grandma just didn't like the other one because she was like, "No, put this one away. You know, this one's bad for you. It's not good for you. It's bad for you." And like I kind of like. After you know, <laughs> studying this, it probably was bad. This is communist yeah, but, Poland. So it probably was like, you know, 80s. Yeah, in the early 80s, it probably yeah, was yeah, one from the 70s. Yeah, it was probably was pretty stuff. bad. Yeah, maybe my, yeah. my one grandma was kind of correct. Uh, I had an isotope from, Sh- from Chernobyl in there, Pete. God knows, man. God knows. <laughs> but um, essentially what's happening here is, so one of the first factories that produces these watches that become this novelty is actually opened in New Jersey in 1916. And it hires about 70 women, eventually leading to thousands to be employed in many such factories throughout the United States. States. And it was a very well-paid job, quite frankly, paid three times the amount okay. than any normal job, any other job for women at the time. And basically what these women had to do is there was like a delicate task of applying the paint to the tiny dials, right? And women were instructed to point the brushes with their lips, basically, yeah. because after you painted a few times, the brush got kind of, you know- yeah, it, it was lined. camel
1: hair brushes, right? And they were yep. told what it was called is lip dip paint. Yep. That's what I saw in all these things. So LipDip Paint. And they wanted to do this one because it would make it cleaner, but also it would go faster. So they, yes. they were paid by the watch. Yeah. So they, they got about like a penny or three cents, whatever it was, per watch. So it actually adds up. And if you get to 100, 250 watches a day, which is like what they were like told to do, that adds up, which was big money for um, back then, back in 1917, the early 1920s.
0: Yeah.
1: But, what but the story happen, here
0: doesn't have a good ending. I mean, right? I mean, what well, happens well, to well, the no, Radium it, girls?
1: Well, a bunch of things happened, but I want to get. I guess we should get into the background a little bit. Yeah, first, let's get to background. Right, let's talk stuff.
0: about radium and as a miracle
1: cure and all that. Right. It was based. Well, first of all, it was discovered right by the mm-hmm. Curries. Right. You're sure yep. we all know them. It could be a future podcast, right, with them. Yep. And they kind of knew that something that it was kind of harmful. The, oh yeah. They, yeah. They they but they the belief was it was only harmful in like big doses. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're going to hear a lot here. Is it was harmless in small doses, which is kind of true. But the thing is that these these women were exposed prolongedly It's every day. Yeah, they were being, basically ingesting it. it. They were and ingesting. that's another thing. If it, it's somewhat harmless or if it's gets on your hand in small exposure, but if it gets into your system in any way, that's when it's a problem because it's bombarding you from the inside. Like your skin can kind of protect you to a certain degree, but when it gets inside, it's not going to help you. And remember uh, Marie and um Pierre Curie. Right. She, yeah, uh Curie, she dies from radiation poisoning. Yep from handling large, large parts of it. She has got burned many times. Her husband said he, he's not, he doesn't even want to be in the room with the stuff. I saw that. Yeah, See he said even
0: worried. one little kilogram. He's like, you yeah. know, if that's said, stuff said, in a room, I want to be no part of said, it. He
1: said, I'm not going in there. But – throughout the early 20th century like people actually drank radium infused water you can find ads you could actually buy it like now you would you know put i guess like an Alka-Seltzer and drop it into like tonic water
0: oh this you was the vitamin it. water this was the vitamin yeah. water of its time yeah
1: you could you could buy like a tablet of radium basically leave it in there it's going to radiate your water and drink it it was going to be good for you because they run pretty quickly it did help cure cancer that was the radiation yeah so they just thought it was good for everything so they would use um, tonic water like i said they would brush their teeth with it with radium toothpaste they wore radium um, cosmetics because they gave their skin a bright, cleary glow. Uh, when we get into like the, the girls, the women would actually, on. I kept on reading on several sites, that they would wear their – So paint their teeth with it too. Well, they would paint their teeth with it so they have a nicer smile. But yeah. on Fridays, they would wear their best dresses. To work. Per, uh, to work so that the dust would get on it. So when they went out dancing that night, and they it would would kind of they, they would glow and they would sprinkle some on their hair because it would actually glow and it would draw attention. It's glowing because it's radioactive. Again, people just didn't. Yeah, literally, people just didn't understand that then. But imagine now, people are putting this radioactive stuff all over them. I guess they have like those glow paints and stuff now. But again, it's totally different That's things. the right? same. Yeah. You, you know, you used to go to those glow parties all the time.
0: All the time, the '90s, yeah, was, late '90s, that,
1: that, that was big for you.
0: However, like this craze you're talking <laughs> about, right? This, this no, says, comment, yeah. no comment. <laughs> no, no comment, no comment. We're gonna let that one go. Um, however, like as you're talking about this, this miracle cure, I mean, it basically stemmed from the fact that, yeah, this cures cancer, right? So therefore, if it cures cancer, and there was basically that according to the studies, it said that radioactivity released some form of energy. So the idea was like, well, adding a little bit of energy is not gonna hurt my body, it's gonna make it better as opposed to yeah. make it harmful. If that's what I thought, yeah. So, you know, like you have, like you said, these tonics, these these there was one particular tonic that you would drink It was basically water. It was called a Radi Radi Thor, Radi Thor I think. Yeah. It was distilled water with tiny amounts of radium in it and it was advertised as the cure for the living dead. Like how eerie is that in, in, like when you start thinking about it? And apparently they said like, if you have arthritis or gout or anything else, drink some of this Radi Thor and like it's going to help you. People literally this was the energy drink which is insane, but it was a wonder, it was a wonder drug. It
1: was going yeah, to cure It was going to do everything.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There was one American socialite, an athlete, Eben Byers. He became like notorious for drinking a bottle of this Radithor Thor every day for years. You know, yeah. he was like a big advertiser for it, right? He was like the athlete spokesman. And he winds up dying from it in 1932. He literally dies from like really massive deterioration of his bones. Um, That's what it does. Yeah. It's, so the, the headline, this is kind of terrible, but the headline of Wall Street Journal about his death after he died said the radium water worked fine until his jaw came off like that's kind of brutal it yeah, um, destroyed all
1: the calcium yeah the oil, so that's yeah that's we'll, so let's get into we'll, that we'll, you want to we'll get into talk that about, which we'll, talk about. well basically there was more than one company that was producing this radium uh, the one that we're going to talk about is from the United States Radium Corporation and they had they was um they made bunch of uh, luminous paints basically mm-hmm. and they um called it under a brand name known as undark that's what it was like mm-hmm. you know it, that that was their brand of paint it was called undark because it glowed in the dark so original right back in the 1920s yeah, right. so like we said before there um this u.s radium corporation they hired about 70 women to perform these tasks and what they were doing is um again we'll get back to it something called lip dip and paint that's what they were told to do but again if you um, do the more research a lot of the factory workers, the higher-ups, they knew really that it was bad for you. Oh, of the bad. And they never touched it. They were never in the rooms with it. Um, men who were moved around the big barrels of this around, they wore lead suits and lead that covered their um, waist and their genitals, basically. Mm-hmm. Because they, and they, if, if a woman ever asked, well, why are they wearing those suits and we're not? They're like, oh, because they're dealing with it in large numbers. You're just dealing with it like a little little powder. Like yeah. a little like can like a little can of it so it's not as much and he just said oh okay yeah and but the problem was they're licking the every time they licked it or you know and twirled it to make like that fine point it was getting into their system
0: and the idea was that because the brush would lose its shape after a few strokes you had to almost lick it to like get it back to a fine constantly, point constantly. because that watch the the faces of those clocks and watches were so small, so small yeah
1: right I actually saw there was this one woman her name was uh may Keen and she uh, was one of the last um
0: one of Survivors, the last radium
1: right? girls to, to die. She, yeah. fought, she died in uh, 2014 at the age of 107, but she had numerous cancers. She didn't last. She wasn't there that long, but she said she just didn't like the job. She didn't like um, the grittiness of the paint. Yeah. And then one of the workers, one of the plant, like a supervisor, I go, you don't like, you don't like this job? And she's like, no. He's like, okay, you're allowed to quit. And, he, and she's like, oh, thank you. And she left. Oh, wow. That's one reason why they think she survived, but she still had numerous cancers and stuff like that. But she just said she didn't like the, te- the taste of the radium paint and other, but other- Women did; they just thought it was awesome. Like they, like I, said, yeah. like you said, they would paint their teeth with it. Well,
0: so you know? basically, as it's as it's coming out, the idea here is just: so how does this work, and why is this actually hurting them? When ingested, right, radium uh, is dangerous, obviously, because it chemically behaves very much like calcium. Mm-hmm. So the, your body uses calcium to make bone, like bone marrow and everything. So when you ingest radium, it is mistaken for calcium and basically gets incorporated into your bone. So the it's major. Such- yeah, the major health risk of in- ingesting radium, which which basically what they did every single day, is radiation-induced bone ne- necrosis, a ne- I think it's necrosis, a and necrosis. bone cancer, yeah, and bone cancers, except this is very slow. So it doesn't, it's not like you ingest it and like you get sick that night. It's basically, you, it gets in your bloodstream. It takes and, a long time. Exactly. Then it goes into your bone marrow and into your bones, and you develop bone cancers. That's really the biggest thing. And um, and it really how quickly you develop this bone cancer depends on the dosage. But because they were doing it at such small dosage over a long period of time, it was not necessarily automatically visible that something was wrong until months or sometimes even a year or years after.
1: And also, since they were taken into their mouth, it was getting exposed to the soft tissue. Yep. And they said it's almost like the photons would fire when they get into soft tissue. be like a machine gun just going off in their mouth, you know, like a sabotage like the the, yep. uh, on the cells. And it would quickly cause the cells to die. And that's why a lot of them at first, these women you're going to see, were complaining about toothaches at first.
0: Yep. That's what discovered them, because right? That, dentists were the first ones.
1: Yes. Yeah, so dentists were some of the first ones. And you can just Google pictures of something called a radium jaw. Which that's is not, a condition where these way. abscesses grow completely unchecked across like the lower face. Once that starts to happen, if you see somebody, it, the victim is almost certainly going to die. And that's what happened to one of these radium girls in January of 1922. A woman by the name of Molly um, Magda, Magda got, yeah, got a toothache. Yeah, yeah. yeah, she went to the dentist, and he took a molar out. A few weeks later, she went back. The uh, tooth pulled another one out, but the wounds because your body is so destroyed, her wounds never healed. Yeah, so she got grew- like
0: these painful ulcers and basically yeah, sort of bleeding together. with pus.
1: Yeah, it seeped blood and passed into her mouth and more teeth had to come out. And then by May, her dentist said, all right, you need some surgery to remove these abscesses found in your jaw. And when he got to the gums open, the bone didn't look right. So he like, he pushed it and it just like fell apart. Literally, it fell apart. apart. Literally like like ashes in a fireplace is what it's described as because it was just, it was just done. And so instead of removing a tumor, he just literally just dug out her entire jaw with nothing but his fingers, All right, Yeah. And like, because the radium just in the, we got into the bone cells and stripped them all of all their calcium and it just shredded it. It, made, it was just like a pile of splinters in her in her mouth. They had to take the rest of her jaw out and then um, got into her lower ear. And then basically eight months after her first toothache, she died from a tumor um, in her jugular vein that flooded her throat with blood. And basically she choked to death and a massive hemorrhage in her bed.
2: That's and crazy. Did, and,
1: and then they realized this wasn't the only girl this was happening to because it was passing through the gums into the blood. And that's where they, a lot of them were starting to get sick. Yep.
0: Yeah. yeah. They said over 50 women died uh, from exposure by radiation um, by 1927. And these radium well, well, girls, I mean, the radium well, girls initially were known as radium girls, not because they were dying, but because of the fact that they were like luminous in a sense, like, you know, they said yeah, they were glowing. Yeah. Was, they were was, glowing. they you were wanted to glowing. be like
1: them. They were someone to look yep. up to almost. They wanted to get that job. But then the factory owners were like, well, we don't want to admit that it's radium. So I'm sure you saw what they were saying that how Molly... Died, like mm-hmm. it's kind of just like talk about like throwing like salt in the wound. They're saying a lot of these other women who died. Oh no, they didn't have radio. They didn't radium. Still safe. They had syphilis, and that's yeah. what
0: killed them. Like trying to like discredit them, like they are doing. They you know, them, they're promiscuous, yeah. and they have you know. And sexual... syphilis could kill you.
1: It could kill you back then. Yeah, and it was, but it was also it was like a, it was a uh,
0: sexually if, transmitted you, disease. Yeah. yeah. So
1: if you caught it, it was like oh you know you're on pure and stuff like that. And exactly, they don't really want to talk about it. But there were some of these women like. Mm, like the friends were like, no, she wasn't. That's no, there's no way. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it kind of like they were questioning things a little bit more, and then they actually had doctors come in that were yeah. obviously hired by the by the company, Companies. and they just said, no, yeah. ev- everything's fine. And they're like, all right.
0: <laughs> well, know, interesting because they had two different sets of doctors. What I was reading is that one. So there it goes. Was- basically so much controversy grown from this because these girls are dying and they keep on saying like, no, it's not because of this. It's not because of this. And remember, this still is a very high paying job, but women are like, mm, "Like, is this what I really want to be doing here? So they commissioned these independent studies basically. Yeah. And one concluded, like you said, one concluded that it's fine. It's not bad in the small dosages. And the other one concluded like, no, this is actually what's doing it. So they basically yeah. ignored that, those findings like yeah, they, they were like, one they liked, yeah, yeah. We're just not gonna use those commission findings. Um, and any girl that got ill, they basically kept on saying like, "Oh, that's because of you know syphilis or other impure."
2: I'm Ken Harbaugh, host of the New Medal of Honor podcast from Evergreen Podcasts, brought to you in partnership with the National Medal of Honor Museum. In each three-minute episode, we'll learn about a different service member who distinguished him or herself through an act of valor. a Civil War Army doctor, and the only woman to receive the Medal of Honor so far. Learn about these heroes and more wherever you get your podcasts.
0: Whatever, maybe. Um, In 1925, a pathologist named Harrison Martland develops a test. he's the one that changed it. Yeah, he develops a test that basically proves conclusively that radium is... Literally, what poisons these women when it you know with that? They, if they work in the watch painting business, he's basically saying this is it, this is the level, this is the level of radium um, that is in their system, and this is what's destroying their bodies from the inside out. So, the radium industry actually goes after this guy and they try to discredit his findings, right? The idea is like, oh, he's not, he's not, that's not true, he's not right, and they wind up paying these companies actually pay local doctors. And dentists that these women are going to, to say like this, to just say it's not us, say it's not radium. So you're literally like paying people. I mean, but even the inventor of radium dial paint, right? The, yeah, he died. He, he dies from, from it in twenty. He got eight. it on
1: his hands. Yeah, he had like hand cancer that spreads the rest of his body. Um, but one of the big things that they do is they actually um, dig up um, Molly's corpse. Yep. They test it, and she showed no signs of syphilis, but was clearly showed signs of radiation poisoning. And they're like, this is it. And and what's interesting about this case too is that it's starting, is that it's being followed by the mainstream press. The press is looking at this. And then a lot of what's going on in New Jersey is being heard in other parts of the country. The ocean's doing the same thing, particularly one in Illinois. Once they hear about what's going on in Jersey, the women at that plant are questioning their the owners and stuff, and they're still saying no, it's fine. They does women there were sick from other th- from other issues. Well, you women, know, you did mention
0: one thing when they dug up out. her grave, her bones were literally glowing. Glowing, yeah, yeah. They said that she was she had so much radiation in her remains that she was glowing. Like I, I thought, that was so eerie. But what's what's interesting here is because, like you said, like once this gets exposed to other companies, specifically the Radium Dial Company, right in uh, Illinois, by then the the New Jersey case is kind of settled out of court, based on what I read. Correct? Well,
1: yeah. So eventually, they do settle out of court, be simply because they kind of have no they have no choice. Because all, what happened was all these girls knew they weren't going to survive much longer. They were they were sick. Uh, many of them. Could not even raise their hand to swear, I mean, yep. swear in when they were brought on trial. That's how sick they were, and they basically wanted some sort of um, compensation for, you know, their pain and suffering. They wanted to pay for yep. their own, basically wanted to pay for their own funerals. And they did get um, good amount of money for the time. They yep. got what was it, ten thousand dollars yep. each, which um, was equivalent to like one hundred and twenty five grand at the time. And in, um later cases, actually, were they did get more um, as far as what they were given, some larger stipends to last longer. Yeah, however, they were given uh, what nine thousand $9, $9, $9, $9, $9, dollars every year. $6, but that was the thing.
0: Be- Think about it. Why are they doing that? Because they know these women are going to live, right? So it's like we'll give you your money. Yeah. You know, for every so, however, like every month, for as long as you live. Yeah. I mean, there were
1: some that lived to be 104, 107. I saw. Yeah. But um, yeah. But a lot of them it, did not. Yeah. But it actually went all the way up to Supreme Court. Is that the Radium Dial Corporation um, just kept on pushing this further and further and further? They just refused to accept the fact. Because what happened was it, they were eventually they went bankrupt, but they were still being found. Litigated, yeah. But this is the Radium these.
0: Dial Company. This is the one in Illinois, yeah.
1: right? That's the one in Illinois, yeah. But they were yeah. using the information from from New Jersey, uh, New Jersey, in order in order yep. to do this. Yeah,
0: yeah. So let's uh, let's get into that one a little bit because. The very first one that we talked about was the New Jersey U.S. Radium Corporation, right? Yeah. So they um, settled. They settled out of
1: court, um, yep. and then the corporation will eventually go. Will eventually go bankrupt from this. Yep. But, and um,
0: because of this case, as you mentioned, it gets national attention. What these women are talking about and these women are complaining about, in a sense of like, rightfully so. Like, what the hell is happening here? Which brings us to. Illinois, Ottawa, Illinois, Radium Dial Company. So different company. Um, it's in 1922. It's set up in a town's former high school. And very much like the United States Radium Corporation, the purpose of it is to paint dials on clocks, right? The biggest client was West Clocks Corporation. And they appeared in like the West Clocks, which is a very known company at the time, uh, Big Ben, Baby Ben, and Travel Clocks. So very much like the United States Radium Corporation, it targets young women the idea is like get the young women in here and the same premise lip dip paint right like it's okay everything's fine but these women a lot of more of these women survive versus the ones in new jersey because now these women are starting to use the information that's come out of new jersey to really voice their concerns they start showing a lot of employees in radium dial company start showing uh poisoning same sicknesses yeah yeah same thing in in 2027
1: yep The exact same things.
0: So then you have the leadership of the company actually authorizes physicians and other tests to determine the toxicity of this radium paint. Um, So it finds out, right, that it actually is toxic, but then they never give these records to the employees. So it's almost like, the employees are complaining. Yeah. The company goes and checks it, and they're like, oh, crap. This is this is bad. They Actually,
1: they're doing tests on the girls too, the women, and yep. they're finding large amounts in their system, and they're not telling them the results of these tests, yep. which right there is like the, that's just the definition of, I guess, greed and evil. You yep. know what I'm saying? Like Imagine like they, they're still saying, oh, it's fine. We got the test back. Yeah, everything's good. And they just take them as their word because, again, they had no reason not to. That's not going to yep. happen nowadays. People are going to want to see the results. They're going to be questioning it. This is what ushers in that whole – idea that you can't just trust, you know, the people in charge, I guess, yeah. right? Like this is before that, you, you just, that was, that was your supervisor. That was your boss. You just trust them. Yep. This is before, you know, unions even.
0: Yeah. No, unions are fairly new. I mean, you, you start, yeah, this, I mean, not first, just you know, new, it, but you fight unions. I mean, it, early 1900s, yeah. unions are considered the enemy. Well, it, it was union, union.
1: unions were seen as communist. Yeah.
0: Crazy. So, also, when the New Jersey women's stories started coming out and appearing in local papers in Illinois, um, the women that worked at the Radium Dial Company brought them in and they were like, uh, do you guys read this? And even then, there was a lot of discrediting of the New Jersey women saying that, yeah, they died from viral infections. Remember, this was syphilis. There's other things. It's not it. So just like go back to work. Everything's safe. And then weirdly, I found this interesting. They said, oh, you know, here's this new glass pen with a fine point that has radium in it. Yes. So instead of using a brush, you could use this glass. Like, it's almost like they're trying to like, say like, just, way, yeah, yeah use, just this. use this
1: instead. But then it took too long to, it took longer. We had to, like, I guess, redo the paint a lot more. Yep. Then you did. It just didn't hold as much paint and they wouldn't, they wouldn't get as many watches done. So they're like, we don't want to use this. They often went back to using the normal brush the camel hair brush because they were able to get more watches done and more watches meant more money.
0: Yep. So, so what happens in Illinois, because of the case in the New Jersey case and the media attention that it garners, it's kind of like a media sensation really that surrounds the case in New Jersey. It triggers a lot of enactment of regulations governing like labor safety standards, specifically in New Jersey initially and eventually across the United States. But in Illinois, women begin to ask for compensation for medical bills, specifically dental bills, as early it's as 19- Yeah, as early as nineteen twenty seven. And the idea is like, listen, I need money for being sick or dying, you know, my wife is dying, I have two kids, like husbands started coming out. This idea of like, we need to get compensated for this. So, into the mid 1930s, um, an official suit is brought before the Illinois Industrial Commission, right? The IC- IIC. In 1937, five women find an attorney by the name of Leonard Grossman, and he decides to represent them in front of the commission, right? But few things that are interesting one it took a long time for these women to find an attorney that was willing to go after a corporation that's one and two by the time they got leonard grossman to actually represent them radium dial company had already closed and it it moved its offices to new york right so the illinois industrial commission um did wind up retaining like a ten thousand dollar deposit that was left by radium dial company um but basically the Radium Dial company said, all we have is $10,000. Um, we have no other money to cover any of the insurance or costs of these employees' suits. So it's almost like, company's closed. We can't pay you. Sorry. And then in '38, the Illinois Industrial Commission actually rules in favor of the women. So Leonard Grossman wins the suit. However, the attorney representing the interests of the company itself, the Radium Dial, appeals hoping to get a verdict overturned, meaning that he's trying to basically discredit what discredit these women are the finding. Woman,
1: yeah. Right. And this never happens. Yeah. They, they just keeps on going and going and going. Oh, they keep on before. appealing and appealing and appealing. And, yeah, and appealing. Well, no, I went eight times. It was, they actually, the, the girls won the case eight times before the radium dial company was finally forced to pay. It was yeah. The Supreme, Supreme court. court made the decision, right? 39 yeah, base. Well, they didn't make, they just refused to hear the case and that yeah. just kicks it down to the, um, the lower court's ruling was upheld. That's it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That was on October 23rd, 1939, which is insane. But it was insane. Yeah, it was going on this long. And it was crazy is they're still, they
1: were still using this paint during that whole time. Yeah. There was some safety, some companies were using more safety precautions. They were putting, they were wearing suits or they were wearing, you know, behind lead plates and stuff like that. They weren't using the, the lip dip and, you know stick whatever whatever, technique quite as as much um so they weren't ingesting it they kind of realized this isn't going to work um but it was still there and like it really it shows that the Radium girl saga is is an important place in the history of like health but also like labor rights too it's really important because they started safety standards were like enhanced for the decades going after this um it took a long time but it's it's still there a lot of occupational disease labor laws were put in place because of what happened in, in this but like we said radium paint was still used in dials as late as the 1970s, like in sporad- sporadically in places, which before it, it shifts to um, – they use different ones. So like we said, it's not it's not based on that anymore.
0: Well, look at this idea. Like You try to calculate, right, how women suffered from this radiation and rather ingestion of radiation. Well, it made them
1: all, it made them all sterile too. That's something thing we forgot yeah.
0: to say. Part the, that was like the first thing that happened.
1: They didn't even realize it, but it makes them unable to have children.
0: Yeah. They said that the effects like would effects. be – continuously felt obviously for the rest of their lives, but if, if through various forms of cancer, but a half-life of radium poisoning, yeah. right? The half-life is 1600 years. Yeah, so so once around. the radium is inside the women's bodies, it's there for good. Like, which is why if you were to dig up some of those bodies today, and not that you would want to go do that, those bodies and bones are still glowing right now, as we're talking about in she... 2022.
1: Well, they've said that if you went to their grave sites, uh, Geiger counter will click like several of that. Like it's going to go off because their bodies are emitting radiation. Wow. Not enough that's going to kill any, you know, but like it's emitting enough radiation that if you stay there long enough, you're going to get, you know, bombarded with what you normally would. And to be honest, you get bombarded radiation all the time.
0: Like, oh, yeah, the, you get an X-ray. Uh, go for a it. A lot of the
1: radium stuff like that. But a lot, even if the you like those signs that glow, that like light up. Yeah, science and stuff like that in schools and stuff like they use radon gas in it, but it's used to put in glass tubes now. And it's very different if it does somehow break the half-life is only 12 years. And yeah. if it does break it, uh, it dis, it's like, you know, it gets diluted in the air pretty fast. So it, it's it's a different type of thing. And instead of using radium in a lot of them, they use something known as a per, um, promethium, which is much again, a much later, a much um, shorter half-life, but it's the same idea of that, like, you know, luminescent paint or luminescent materials. Giving off the energy.
0: You learn something new every day.
1: It's uh, a little science, or history, right? Bridging each other. That. Look at that. Cross-curricular. Look at that.
0: Oh, yeah. Our, our, our administrators would like that. But then again, you're an administrator, so you would like that. Science teachers
1: talking. That's going to be the next
0: podcast. <laughs> Another thing, if you, if you probably sort of skipped it before, but this is interesting. When women started going to get like just checked up medical investigations and different scans, and they started using the x-ray machines on them, uh, the yeah, companies try to say that- the reason they really got sick is because they got themselves checked, and X-ray machines is what actually gave them the radiation that made them sick, not the fact that they were in a hospital or yeah. the doctor's so, okay. office. They're trying to from- discredit
1: them. They're trying to also disencourage uh, dis- discourage them from going to get checked out. To the doctor, yeah. yeah. It, it was it was the X-ray that that gave them those things. You know that gave that made them sick, not the uh, not the radium. Anything that just saved the company and saved the you know saved the bottom dollar, which is like I know that's part of greed. That's part of corporate especially yeah, they do probably still going but they didn't see it as killing people they just saw it as you know it was workers it was um th- there was gonna be all the girls that would that would do it you know what i mean they're like we're paying them we're paying them we, we it's not our fault that they got sick but that's not what happened because eventually it you know leads into like we said the creation of osha which yeah. you know still today. Right? it's the occupational safety and health administration and they're going to check these things they check workplace conditions um, everywhere, just factories, schools, you name it. They will come in and check it to make sure that there's no violations. I know they always come into the schools, right? You have making sure that like, you know the plugs are far enough apart, and you don't have like, microwaves plugged in with like refrigerators. Just things that simple, but obviously, you know, air samples and radiation levels. So,
0: I mean, if you have a watch, guys, that has luminous paint that was created before 1968, highly yeah, likely. Probably it was created with radium paint.
1: Oh, they said there's millions of them still out there. Millions of them.
0: We should do a podcast on, like, asbestos. doesn't sound historical, though. I don't know. That sounds but, kind of uh, depressing, too. That, but, that yeah. sounds <laughs> kind of depressing, yeah. No, but, but
1: radiation back then was still considered... I remember I was looking... Um, I used to do this one thing where we looked at them. Some of the most dangerous toys We were looking at like negligence and stuff like that. And it was always like the ones on that were negligence were like, you know, lawn, lawn darts from like the seventies and stuff like that, like things of that nature. But the most dangerous toy of all time was a, um, my own radiation kit and actually came with a piece of like radioactive material. And you would use that to like play games and stuff like that and, you know, hide it and go find it using a Geiger counter. Like that was like the game. It was my radiation kit stuff like that i think you you can find them on ebay apparently but without the radioactive element because that would you can't ship that i don't know what happened to them but imagine that you're letting a kid play around with radioactive material but yeah it was was, was fine it was safe
0: yeah let's not do that
1: no it it wasn't gonna fly but that was that was from the i think the 50s probably nuts so it was still, you know, it was still commonplace then until they really fully, fully understood really what was going on, which was, you know, shortly after World War II, they started, you know, radiation poisoning. A bit more detailed on it. This is a story that people obviously know of from the, um, from the Netflix show, right? Radio Netflix movie. Yeah, yeah. About, it's on Netflix, Radium Girls. I know there's a play right radium uh, radium girls Yeah right my there. son's actually in it um yeah, so there he's, you go. He's
0: literally doing that like in a couple of weeks
1: And I know this is this, like poems there's short stories there's short movies because it's one of those stories that I guess people probably heard of and when you hear about it we might hear about a little bit more here in New Jersey simply because you know one of the ones happened here West Orange is not that far from where you and I live So you know you definitely heard about it you remember hearing about it but it's it's an event that definitely changed America
0: Yeah like 100%. big
1: time. I mean without OSHA, without the occupational labor laws, like it's a very, very different place. I would say this is a big one. Obviously the Triangle Shirt Face Factory, right? Obviously yeah. changed a lot of labor laws and stuff like that.
0: And but even like looking into the fact like how much research was done on radium exposure, it really yeah. you know. Yeah, that's true it, too, yeah. It helped to, even when we were doing like atomic weapons, tests. Manhattan Project, and tests, and like yeah. tests of nuclear weapons. Most of the security measures taken against radiation for nuclear issues stem from scientists doing experiments on these radium exposures on these girls in the early yeah. you know twentieth century. That's what's applied to safety measures in the thirties and and forties. Which is crazy stuff. Anyway, I think that was a. Uh, an interesting and yet quite depressing story. To say totally. well, that's,
1: why, that's what a lot of you know. History is you know you have to learn from the story so you don't repeat it. Right, those who so don't study right. history are doomed to repeat it. So it's just one of those stories. I hope you know. Whenever there's new things discovered, you really have to look and see. All right, what are the ramifications? How's it going to affect not just you know the environment, but you know people as a whole? Like, what's it going to do? You know, there's people out there that say um, Wi-Fi and five Gs. Like the 5G for like phones and stuff are, you know can affect people and animals and stuff like that. I don't know. I know there's been some studies, but who knows? Maybe 20 years from now, 30 years from now, there'll be even more studies on it. Who knows what else they'll discover?
0: Dude, that's kind of freaky if you think about it. Because think about it. I mean, I, I usually listen to podcasts and stuff to fall asleep. My phone <laughs> is always there somewhere. Like what's the yeah, risk of cell phones and cancer? I mean, that's still not... Because it's still fairly well, they, new, they, right? I mean, you're yeah, studying well,
1: for fairly new, fairly new, but it does give off radiation. Doesn't matter of how much and what, you know, it's things of that nature. But
0: as of now, based on go. the recent studies, <laughs> it says that phone usage usage does not cause brain or other kinds of cancer in humans. But these radium girls were also told that radium was cool and they should drink radium tonics. So let's uh, let's wait a few more decades and see where we're at. Oh, that's depressing. I shouldn't have finished that way. Anyway. on that note Uh, on that note uh as always guys thank you so much for tuning in um you know hope you enjoy it as much as we enjoy recording these if you need to find us you can do so at www.historyteachers.talkingpodcast.com. if you have any questions comments or anything else please feel free we are there so thank you so much guys and we'll see you guys next week stay safe everybody I hope everyone enjoyed our podcast, and if you would like to email us, you can do so at historyteacherspodcast at gmail.com.
2: Hey, podcast listeners, I'm Paul Brandis introducing my podcast, Countdown to Dallas. It's a fascinating, in-depth look at the seemingly unconnected events